0: I actually think that there's actually a lot of women who are leaders in the community, but don't get the proper shine that they deserve.
1: Welcome to Let's Get Uncomfortable, a running podcast where we shake out and purposely go off track on any and everything related to our favorite hobby. Get ready to get uncomfortable along with our guests, because growth only happens outside of your comfort zone. Here are your hosts, Ines Bebea, Jamie Chen, and Nathan Schiller.
2: Jamie Chan.
3: Hola, I'm Inez Bebea.
1: I'm Nathan Schiller. Welcome to Let's Get Uncomfortable.
3: Today our guest is Liz Rock, co-founder of Trailblazers Run Collective and the co-founder of The Broad Run, who got her first group running experience with unnamed run crew in Boston.
2: Thank you for joining us, Liz. Thank you for having me. Yeah,
1: <laughs> thanks, for be- thanks for being here. Um, But first, we're going to get started with uh, our sports legacy segment by looking at a highlight from women in running.
2: That's that's right, Nathan. And since March is Women's History Month, I want to mention a notable accomplishment amongst women in triathlons. I want to mention Lynn Lemire. She's a 28-year-old from Massachusetts who was the first woman to compete in Hawaii's Ironman. No stranger in athletics, she was a national caliber swimmer. She played basketball at UCLA, and she held the U.S. women's record for the 25-mile bike race. During the Ironman, Lemire beats all but four men in the 15-person field. That's pretty, you know, that's pretty kick-ass. And Ironman is intimidating to me, let alone a triathlon. But, Liz, you're familiar in that arena, the multidiscipline sport. And that was a challenge that you took on yourself, and you've inspired many as an athlete. And now you're a coach. Do you foresee an Iron Man in your future? I, it's so funny because it is on my bucket list
0: to complete an Iron Man.
1: <laughs> I don't know
0: when that's going to happen, maybe years and years from now, but it is on my radar um, to complete an Iron Man for sure.
3: Well, thanks again for joining us, and we can just start with just talking about your fitness journey that you have documented very publicly since 2016, when you decided to enter a sprint triathlon, and at the time, you weighed 350 pounds. The event will require you to swim half a mile, bike
0: 14 miles, and then run four miles. What Mm -hmm. was your motivation? Ooh, my motivation, um, I've, I had a, a couple of motivations when I, when I first signed up for that sprint triathlon. Um, first, you know, I, I had started my, my weight loss journey, and I've ha- I had already lost a good amount of weight. Um, and I think my motivation was just to prove myself that I could do something that's challenging that I'm not used to doing. Um, and then another motivation, and still currently one of my biggest motivations is my grandmother who had passed away. So I do a lot of things um, in honor of my grandmother.
3: And where were you able to swim? Because I know access to pools, particularly for like minorities, people who live like in in cities who a lot of times like you have access to the public pool in the summer. But when you were training, where were you going to swim? I was doing it in the lake.
0: (laughs) What lake is this? (laughs) It was a lake in, um, oh my God, where did I do my first sprint triathlon? I feel like I'm going to say this incorrectly. Sharon, Sharon Mass. It was like, just like a, I believe like a man-made lake. And that's where the triathlon was going to be held. So um, I practiced in the lake. (laughs) So
3: without the lake, where would you have gone for like a pool access? Uh,
0: Probably one of the local gyms
1: like a y- YMC or something. Liz, I want to ask you like what your perceptions of running and um, distance sports were like before you did all of this, because you know, just starting a, a sprint triathlon is no joke. Like, you have to put everything together, especially when you're doing the three disciplines. So you just did that. You mentioned some of your motivations, but it seems also like maybe it came out of nowhere or maybe not. What, what were you doing athletically before any of this?
0: Um, I wasn't really doing much. I was, you know, in the gym on and off, you know. Um, I think one thing I definitely noticed very early on was that running men and, like, not running men, um, sprint triathlons and, like, running just in general was a very white sport. Um, and I, I really didn't see anyone who had my body type nor anyone who was a person of color. It was very scarce. scarce. So, um Especially in the Boston running scene, um, when I first started, um, it was very, very, very white. And, and I didn't know, like, running crews existed or the culture mm-hmm. existed at all. Um, I was very just
1: new to the sport. Just wanted to know how you felt, like, being in that space as a, as a newcomer.
0: Um, it's very intimidating, you know, like, you're not seeing anyone who looks like you at all, as far as, you know, a person of color or someone who has my body type. So it's very, very uncomfortable and it's very intimidating, but it's something that I really had to, you know, push past because I knew for myself, my goal was to finish (laughs) whether or not I was the only person who weighed who was in the 200s finish crossing that finish line the only black woman finishing that race like I just knew like my goal was to finish and it just had to get done
2: I was just gonna ask did you have someone help train you did you have a coach or you did it on your own
0: no I didn't I didn't have a coach Um, a lot of um, online resources and um, just friends Basically.
2: Well, you, I I read that you, you know, you read, you have tried many times in the past to lose weight and you did. So a few pounds here or there, but what food step did you take that made the greatest impact on your weight loss journey with regards to eating? You said what food steps? Yeah. It's like in the beginning, you tried a few things and you would always lose a few pounds. Right. Right. What really clicked for you that, made a big difference
0: I think I want to be honest and say it still really hasn't clicked as far as the Mm. food portion goes it's something that I actually choose really not to talk about on social media anymore is food just because I my relationship with food is so um, not the best and it's something that I'm like constantly working on and constantly struggling with you know what I mean so I don't I don't like to really talk about that via social media. Like, I don't mind talking about it right now, <laughs> but it's just, it's a struggle. You know, I, I, I definitely have a, a big binging issue and that's something that is just a per- really personal journey that I'm just trying to figure out right now.
1: Um, you mentioned that you've been very public with it, and you know, you've been in a lot of big publications, but now you're saying like, you, you don't really wanna talk about it publicly. Um, it's an interesting switch. Like it makes sense why that happened. Um, food is such an interesting thing for runners also because we have to eat a lot of it to get energy, but then we can't eat too much of it because it's hard to run a marathon if we're, you know, drastically over our weight. So when like when you made this decision to not no longer talk about it, was this something that happened in one day? Was it very conscious? Um, because, On the one hand, I think when you do talk about it, especially with your story, you open up a lot of conversations that people can have that they don't often have in distance running, which is, you know, how to make it accessible to, I want to say just normal people in quotes, people who are not like we have the perception of the super skinny person, usually a white guy who's running a super fast race. And most people are not like that. so. I find it very inspiring that you're doing that but you're also saying that it's it's hard to do that to talk about it publicly
0: right um as from like the food perspective for me it's very hard i i think because i have such like a big platform and a lot of people are always looking to me especially people who don't look like the typical runner is looking to me as um looking to me for like advice and looking looking to me for help I guess you could say Mm. and um it's just a lot of for me right now it's just it's been a lot of pressure because I feel like I have to not be perfect but um I just feel like I'm just in a point in my life where I'm really trying to protect my space I'm trying to protect my peace and like my happiness. And one of the things that I guess I, I there's like a lot of shame associated to just like mm. my eating behaviors. And it's just something that I'm working through with it. I'm working through that with my therapist. And I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that I have an eating issue. You know what I mean? I'm not ashamed about it. But I just want to really understand it myself before I continue to share anything publicly, you know what I mean? So um, it's just a a work in progress.
3: Well, thank you for sharing that. And I know in the past you've mentioned that, you know, working with your therapist is is helping you figure out that relationship to food. And I think mental health can just cover so many things, like the way we look at our bodies, the way like we the images that we see, how they impact us. So when you were looking for an inspiration what were the images that you
0: saw and how did they make you feel? I think my real inspiration, I mean, before I joined the running, like the running group scene, I think um, I've always, I've been lucky to always be surrounded by community, whether it's community in the running scene, like in the running crew scene or community in my family or community in like people that I work with. I've just been super lucky to to just find community and people to, I guess, like push me forward even when I wanted to quit. Um, so I think now for sure, like being such, um, I hate using the word leader <laughs> in the running space, um, I think I, that's, that's, that's basically what I want to form, right? With, with the bra run, with Trailblazers. I want to form a sense of community where women, especially women and especially women of color, feel safe and feel comfortable to join so that we could help um, you know, uplift each other. You know what I mean? Because I, I honestly don't think I would have completed four marathons and done all these things if, it wasn't, if, I, if I didn't have the community that I had behind me
2: find you very inspirational even if you say you now realize you're a leader with the platform but yeah. <laughs> and I was just telling you I was like I can relate especially with food being an emotional component and that sometimes we don't realize that in our weight loss journey we, we start to discover that maybe food is a different connection that we make and so yeah I, I feel shame too I I feel shame sometimes about what I eat and even though it's like a normal thing, I'll, I'm ashamed sometimes if I eat a hamburger and I tell people I did, so I'll lie right. and say I only had half. So right. I, I can understand, and I and
0: I hear and I hear that, and I and I see that, and I and I and I receive that because I've been there numerous times.
2: <laughs> yes, um, but and I agree that sometimes people do need to work outside with professional mental health to help us find out why we have those triggers for those right. things, yeah and
0: and i'm such an advocate of for that of like Very if impressive. you need to go if you need to go um speak to someone you need to see a therapist or counselor or whatever like go do it there's everyone i feel like everyone should should see a therapist yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the
3: relationship, to food, the relationship to food, it just, it runs the gamut. Like you can have, there's just so many variations of how it affects people. Like it doesn't even matter your size, you know, it affects, right. it affects it everyone doesn't. and even men. And like, I know there were a lot of people talking about that last month, um, even men. So as you were looking for uh, fitness clothes, what did you see and were you able to find clothing that made you also feel empowered and what you were about to do and like where do you see the brands taking advantage of also this market that is there for people who want to be fit but you know they might get turned off by like well I can't I just can't find this so how did you go about it
0: oh running clothes so I th- there's a market for yeah people who want to be fit and there is a market for people who are already fit who are who are all sorts of sizes you know what i mean it's it's which i to me blows my mind that like these brands don't notice that or don't realize realize that because i'm like because i feel like there's money to be made because there's so much people who mm. don't look like the typical people that they market to who are working out who are badasses who are Doing the damn thing, and they're not a size two, and they are curvy, and they got hips, and they got an ass, and they got boobs, you know. Um, but for me, honestly, I love workout clothes. <laughs> um, I love workout clothes, and I love when I feel good. Like I'll buy new outfits just to go running in because it's just it's motivating to me. Um, oh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, I think it really depends on depends on the brand. Um, I'm, I'm very much so of a old Navy target type of girl, like I'll get my clothes from there. Um, in the beginning anyways, that's where I got the majority of my like workout clothes was from target and old Navy. Um, and I think they do a good job of highlighting different sizes. I feel like now brands, um, are now like kind of piggybacking off of like the old navies and the targets um so
1: what do you mean by that
0: um let's see like ask like for puma like we have a working relationship with puma shout out to them they've been holding us down for a while um but like this year there's a real big focus on women's running and i guess it's it's better better late than never you know um, and now they're like expanding their sizes as well mm-hmm. um, but that's something that should have been done a long time ago but I mean again better late than ever
2: <laughs> I I agree in fact there's some brands that hmm, when I first started to understand about material science and and, and working out clothes because when I first started I just wore like cotton and then I wore right, the wrong sneakers right. and then I did discover Old Navy you know was really affordable I didn't have financial means to spend on really expensive brands. And I also felt insecure about my body because there were certain brands that didn't have my size. And so right. I, it, it invoked a lot of like to me body image insecurities. Did you feel any brands that did that? Ooh, we're trying to call out some brands right now. <laughs> Not really calling out because the, <laughs> they're, I mean I'm gonna give love is that there was one brand that was very known for, um, you know, limiting the size, but since, you know, over the past few years, they've expanded. And so I've such then started purchasing their items like Lululemon, you know, it it used to have a certain image of a certain type of person would wear it, but honestly, they've really reached out and they do have bigger sizes and I feel that they are welcoming. Right.
0: Um, I'm trying to think, I think, I don't know if I have like a particular brand that I would say I think brands they run they run like their sizes run differently like at an old navy or something I could be like a large but then I try like a nike large or a puma large or something and I'm like whoo, come on like let's get it together (laughs) like let's get it together um And then, of course, there's, like, some sort of, like, insecurity. I'm like, oh, crap, I've worked so hard. Am I, like, am I bigger than I really seem? Like, you know, like, that kind of talk that you start having with yourself. Um, And then especially when you're, like, starting out in the field, like, you don't know what sneakers to wear. You don't know. Like, I was wearing cotton and stuff, too. Like, you know, it's, like, now I'm, like, getting hip with the, you know, after four marathons, I'm getting hip with, like dry fit and all that, you know, those fancy terms and stuff. Um I, and there's definitely like a learning curve I guess you could say too as well.
2: Yeah, it's like what works. A bra in the, right. a bra in this brand is great, but it doesn't it doesn't work for me because you know it cuts me off at, you know, a certain part. You know, for women I think Yes.
0: Sorry.
3: Oh
2: no I was just saying for women, you know, it's just not a one size fits all category
3: right right yeah and like you said before i think brands are definitely like acknowledging that there's a space for people who are fit but are not fit in the sense like the typical image image that you see for because you can look at um myrna valerio the ultra runner and you could also look at like Mm -hmm. jasmine stanley who does yoga you know they're both super fit but they don't fit that image of what you know we get bombarded with so what do you think they mean in that space suppose, as as like you know black women in fitness
0: i think i mean i think it's super important um like when i say like representation matters i'm not only talking about like a skin color i'm talking about like body shapes and sizes as well mm. and i think that's what they represent like yeah they're people of color doing amazing things and that inspires me to be great and go after all of these accomplishments but also you see like okay like their body type doesn't fit the standard mainstream messaging and they are bad. Like, do you see Jasmine? Like the, how she like, <laughs> she's so flexible and like, you know, and she's not a size two and she's doing, she's doing her thing. So like shout out to her and shout out to like women athletes um, of her caliber, you know, showing the world, like, yo, I don't have to be white and I don't have to be a size two to do amazing things like if you have a body (laughs) you can do amazing things you know what i mean so
2: oh as uh what is it that nike had if you have a body you can be an athlete anybody can be an athlete right
0: yeah anybody could be an athlete like i am now like coming to turn i'm like you know what i am an athlete like i've ran marathons i've done some sprint triathlons i cycle so i'm an athlete god damn it
1: (laughs) did you ever think of that when you were a kid like were you an athlete growing up
0: um so in high school i played basketball um and then i played a year in aau but i was always like the over the overweight girl doing it but i did it um so but i never considered myself an athlete um so when you got into running and you decided to run
3: with people as a group what were you looking for and why did you end up with unnamed run
0: crew um so what was i i'm i'm not sure i was looking for anything my friend one of my friends who really isn't a runner um he was following one of the members of unnamed run crew and he had told me cuz he knew that like i started my running journey and he was like oh there's a group of people who are like black <laughs> who run in boston um So I was like, "Huh, okay, let let me check it out. I guess. Like, are you sure?" Type of thing. So I basically like went on the Instagram and I kind of like did did the whole typical stocking thing. Um, (laughs) And then they were doing like a Saturday. I was. was (laughs) It's true, you know, I I did. Um, Typical
1: stocking thing.
0: The the typical stocking thing, Um, and I was training for Boston Marathon at that time as well. Um, So I showed up on a Saturday. I almost didn't show up, actually, because I was so, like, nervous. Um, but I showed up on a Saturday, and I guess the rest is history from there. <laughs>
1: how, how did you feel running Boston? Like, when you felt, when you got to the end, were you, like, elated? Or were you like, oh, I can do this?
0: I definitely cried. <laughs> was, that,
2: was Boston I your cried. first?
0: Yeah, Boston was my first. Boston was my first in 2017.
2: 17.
0: Yep, um, I felt super. I was very emotional because I, I never thought. I mean, I never thought I would be running a marathon. Like that's not something that I dreamed uh, about. That's not something that, like, even in college or like out of college, that I thought about much. You know, so um, and it's a lot of work. You know, it's a t- it's you have to be committed. It's you know time consuming. Um you're running in the cold and the snow and the rain, you know what I mean? Um, especially being a new runner. Like I it's not like I, I ran track in high school or anything. There's a lot there's like a learning curve. Um and Had yeah, you- I, I was I was very emotional, very emotional, but in a in a good way. In a good way.
2: Had you done I mean, I knew you went from the try to the marathon, but before that, did you, (laughs) it seems like you went like from 50 to 100. Was there any other races before the marathon, like a half or a 10K or anything?
0: Yeah, so there was the sprint and then there was a half marathon. And then like by the half marathon, I already knew I was running Boston. So like before I even, so it was just kind of like one after the other.
3: (laughs) So you went from that to then doing four, Of the world majors, right, in what in less than two years, we can like seventeen to eighteen,
0: yeah, twenty seven to twenty eighteen. Okay, so why? (laughs) Why?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because Liz doesn't do simple. She's just got to (laughs) go for the big.
0: Yes, I agree. No, I um, (laughs) I am like a very black and white person, so it's like I'm all in or all out type of type of girl so it's like I'm not running a marathon unless it's one of those six marathons I'm just not (laughs) doing it um and and I and I think that and I think there's like a there's like a statistics out there that's like only like one percent of like the population like runs a marathon and I think that's like pretty cool to be part of that one percent I don't know Um, And just to show people that, like, it's possible to run, like, especially Black women, like, it's so, it's, it's, it's possible to to be a runner. Like, I think running is so intimidating for people. Um, They're like, yeah, I'm not a runner. I can't run. I can't run. How do you know you can't run? You never tried it. You just have to be consistent with it to, listen, you put on sneakers and you go for a run, no matter how slow it is or how fast it is, you're a runner in my book it's interesting that you said that running can be intimidating because
3: i remember like when you and i talked before the interview about how the bra run came to be because you were running in the heat it was it was hot i don't know what Boston summers are but i'm guessing they might be like New York summers were like very humid and that you said that you could have passed out from heat exhaustion but you did not take off your shirt So then tell us about the moment when that light went off and said you know what I can do this and I can get other women who look like me also to do this
0: right I mean I think that light (laughs) came on at when I got home because I was so I was so just disappointed in myself that I didn't take off the damn shirt like would anyone really care that I took off my shirt to run in a sports bar? Probably not, you know, some, I don't know. Like, I don't think it would have been a big deal. Um. But what really, like, um. I guess what really um made me sad or disappointed was that it was like an internal thing. It wasn't like, oh, like, other people are going to make fun of me. It was just like me, like, I felt this strongly about my body that, like, I hated it so much that I couldn't just take off my shirt to just run in a sports bra. Um, And you'll be surprised um, how many women feel this way. Women who I would consider like body goals, you know what I mean, feel this way. So um, yeah, when I got home, like just the idea popped into my head. I, I, you know, hit up my friend Francis and literally like, two weeks later, we had a bomb event in Boston, over 100 women showed up, we took over the streets of Boston, one of like the most, um, you know, popular areas in Boston, and we just, we ran, it was just such a, it was such a beautiful thing, and like, I can't even explain, I feel like you have to be there to like really, like, really, really experience just like, I don't know, like, I don't know, it was just, women's of all shapes and sizes of all backgrounds it was super diverse like that's one of our like we knew like when we were doing this like it had to be diverse like we wanted to not like to promote to everybody you know um so i don't know it was just super empowering to me that and i think that kind of like what really like put the light in my head that like this is my work like that like that first event that i put together the bra room with francis um I think that was like the light bulb that went on in my head. That was like, okay, like my life's mission is to to help women, to like be there and step up for women, to like create this space where they feel like they could be authentically themselves. They could show up in whatever form that they are in. You know, we could, we're all a work in progress. And like what I what I've realized along my journey is like just to appreciate where I'm at right now you know what I mean like I might I could have a goal you know what I mean I could have a goal but still like be nice to myself at the point where I am right now like I'll get to the goal if I'm consistent and you know I, I I do what I need to do but just appreciating my body at at this moment so
3: and you mentioned before that uh Puma was a sponsor because you had a relationship with them already can you mm-hmm. tell us what was that pitch like to say to them how did you sell this to them and then what advice would you give someone who is who has already a group has a following and they want to partner with a brand
0: Ooh, um, I, I think my experience might be a little bit different because at the time so at the time I was co-lead for Unnamed I, I just stepped down as the co-lead like I believe like in December so it hasn't been that long but at the time Puma um, was a I name mean, was sponsored by Puma and I just had that working relationship with Puma because we would be in, in meetings and stuff um, so it was a pretty easy pitch it, it honestly was <laughs> So like I don't know if my experience it um, would really help anyone because I already had that connection um and I pitched, I mean, it was just an ideal idea and they, they, they were down. But what did you say? Like, even just
3: like the fact that you said, you know what, I'm going to bring this to them. This is how I'm selling it. Hmm.
2: Um. Hmm. I told you the script could get intense. Oh,
0: um, no, I don't think it's an intense. I don't think this is intense, actually. I, I, just, I just don't know. I don't know if I really know how to answer it. Like, I know, so, like, like right now, I guess, I, like, right now, Trailblazers were were now sponsored by Puma. Um, and I feel like that was more of a, a pitch for us to be, um, to be sponsored, because, you know, I had to put together a PowerPoint deck, you have to do all this stuff, mm. they have to, you know, how, I don't know how the brand, you know, how they are marketing and all that crap, like, they have to do their internal stuff, so... I feel like that was more of a pitch than the bra run. <laughs> All right, well, then tell us about that then. Um. So again, I already have connections with them, so that could be kind of I know who to send the the stuff to. Like I know the middleman, I guess. Um. But it it was just me and the girls coming together and really putting together very. Solid PowerPoint deck, and I, I'm a lover of PowerPoints. <laughs> um, and it's basically you're selling, you're selling your, you're selling your 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 brand, I guess, to someone else. And I and I and I um and I really, what do you call it? I really um I re- I really believe in our mission. Um, And I just think anyone who's not wanting, who doesn't want to work with us, like that's, (laughs) that's your loss.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you for Puma. Um, You brought up that you were intimidated to run without your shirt. And you said Mm -hmm. you feel mad more about, it was an internal issue. Is that what your self-care Sunday also addresses? You know, that we have to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Um, hundred percent. So our self-care Sundays we use running obviously will always be like our foundation, but we, we like try to, to us, it's not only about running. It's much more than that. And I always say like, if it was only about the running portion, like I wouldn't be doing this. Like we try to take like a holistic approach to caring for our women. So it's not only about the physical, it's about the mental, it's about the spiritual, spiritual, and it's about the emotional as well Um, to us that's super important so we usually pair up our runs with some sort of like self-care activity and that look could look completely different month to month so we've done meditation after a run we've done yoga after a run we've done pilates after a run we've done um like intention setting workshops after a run and um and that's basically how it looks like we've done um even like sometimes our, our routes that we take are super intentional to show women that you know other women in that we there's like statues and stuff that we'll like stop and talk about during our run just mm. so we could kind of like pour like we we have some badass women here who's done some stuff like in history in boston type of stuff um and so it could look it could look like a, a lot of things like we want to when COVID isn't much of a thing anymore, hopefully soon, who knows? Like we wanna do like self-defense classes after Iran. So it's like, we just have like a whole, like a list of things that we want to like do for our women in the community. So um, just like pour back into them. Like it's so easy to get like, to get sidetracked and to, to, to feel some type of way because of just how society has made us, you know, think you know about ourselves and just past traumas and like i just want to love on our women i don't know like we're still trying to figure it out but i i just want to be that like just that person that is doing the damn thing for our women in
2: the community to so look out um, for them i agree to Co- look yeah so, Co- COVID so look out been, for them covid has totally taken a percentage of women out of higher education, out of the workforce, uh, it, right. I think that the impact on women has been, it's like we made 10 strides forward, but now we're 15 strides mm-hmm. behind because of this pandemic. And it showed the, the cracks in our society that we don't support women right. enough.
0: There, no, there's not a, there, a, I feel like a lot of people scream that they do support women, but they don't. Though, the, Your actions don't, you know what I mean? Um, like what, for example? Ooh. um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these things sometimes could be performative, you know, like, like the black square. It's performative like um, So yeah, I, that's all I got to say on, on that is I just feel like a lot of people scream about it, but really don't do anything about it. And I, I, I want to do something about it.
3: So now that that you are, like, in a position of leadership, although you don't want to call yourself a leader, but you are because now you're co-leading a team of women in this running space that is very dominated by men when we talk about people who are leading teams. So I guess it's, like, a two-part question. Like, first, like, what do you think women can bring to the table for change? And also, you are going to partner with three other women-led groups for like the March 8th um, International Women's um, Run Day. And why was that important? And it's gonna be that Latinas running, Yamekas, the running mommies, and the native women running.
0: Right. Um, Did you research? I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, the first part was, um, okay, I think I actually think that there's actually a lot of women who are leaders in the community, but don't get the proper shine that they deserve. I think women bring, you know, just even talking about like, um, you know, when we talk about like these companies being, we want these companies to be super diverse and all that stuff. Like, I think because you know, having a diverse board or something, it, it's super important to like bring in new and fresh ideas. I think that that goes for having a diverse board of like different sorts of de- gen- gender as well. Um, and the women are awesome. Like we do, we could organize our asses off. Like we're super like passionate and like I don't know. <laughs> like,
2: I, I think women are excellent definitely... multitaskers.
0: we're multitaskers and like we can't like it's like for me anyways like i care like and sometimes i'm like oh i wish i didn't care so much um but i truly care like i i don't get paid for this like and it's a lot of work so um yeah i i truly care and i i think women just have like that nurturing but badass and get shit done type of mentality
3: but I think
0: it's been in
3: the relationship of like women supporting other women because like if we can look at history like during like the voting rights you know there was both black women and white women who were pushing to get the votes and at the end of it it was white women who got the chance to vote and they said basically you know wait your turn and like black women had to wait a lot longer to vote so I just and then even if when you know when you get the pushes of this the diversity call-ins you know it was like white women who were taken first. And then like, they, they were the first. like, no, no, like we are diverse. We have a woman. But what everybody else is still like, we're still pushing for that. And I think even in just naming like, you know, the groups that you've selected, they're all led by women who are minorities. Like why, right. why is that collaboration important?
0: So one of the things that trailblazers that we try to do, like we love collab, like we love collaborating. I think there's so much power in collaboration. Um, and, and I think there's so much, um, did I say power? There's so much power <laughs> in collaboration. Um, I think some people, or maybe in the running community, I feel like, you know how people scream like, oh, you have people screaming like, oh, like we want, we want, we want space, we want these spaces created for us. And then like spaces start to be created and then now it's like oh competition oh no like oh my god another woman woman running crew is coming in the scene like I can't work with her like that's completely bullshit like why can't we just collaborate and there's a lane for everybody we could help uplift and and we could let we could help promote each other's um messaging you know I feel like as long as I'm willing to collab with you as long as like my our mission and our vision um, align in some sort of way like I'm all for it and that's something that we do with like our self-care Sundays like a lot of um, these activities that we're doing after we're doing it with we're looking at women in the Boston community and we're highlighting them so I'm not a yogi teacher we got a we got a, a person of color yoga teacher to come in and teach us teach the yoga like we we love collaborating as long as it's like authentic collaboration like I'm I'm here for it there's no need for, like, competition, like, that's not my messaging, like, I really want to try to, like, uplift each other, and this whole, like, ego, like, power in New York, like, we had a conversation with him, and he said something about, like, um, it's not about the ego system, it's about the ecosystem, and I, and I, that really resonated with me, because it shouldn't be about our egos, we need to, like, you know, push that to the side, and really try to, create this community, like this unity.
1: Um, Well, do you feel like people agree with that when you, um, you know, look to collaborate or have you had people try to kind of push you and say, Oh, no, I I don't want to, I want to stay in my lane and we're going to, you know, compete or be, be separate.
0: I've been lucky. No, we haven't had that. We haven't had that issue um, at all. Um, No, we haven't
1: so it's a lot of people oh what's that
0: no go ahead it's a lot of people what
1: (laughs) so it's a lot of people who have the same goals in mind like you're bringing so much energy to this and it seems like that's contagious and every time you meet someone um they you find that actually it's the same energy that they have
0: right right and we do our research like like you guys were prepared today, like we we do our research before we approach someone or or we get approached, you know what I mean? Like we're always doing our research. We're always on some sort of Zoom call with another group Mm. or another party, just to like feel it out, you know? Like um, just to make sure like, if I'm gonna bring something to our women, I just, I wanna make sure it's like, it's the right fit type of thing. But other than that, like I'm all for collaborating
1: as you've done this, what's something that surprised you about, um, you know, that maybe the extent to which people are willing to go to collaborate in this group and in this space? Surprised me
0: like in a bad way or like? No, no,
1: in a, in a, well, I guess it could be a bad way, but I was thinking more <laughs> in, a, in a good way. Like, it seems like there's a huge community of people who maybe, you know, you and other leaders are bringing out, which is kind of the next mm-hmm. phase of the running boom. Um, that's something one of our earlier guests, Gary Corbett, who's a historian of running, talked right. about. And so I was wondering, like, if um, you know, have you been surprised, maybe just yourself, at at how extensive this you know, surge in interest in running goes?
0: Um, I, I think, um, hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've been surprised as far as... Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know how to answer that question. I don't think I'm... I think I've been surprised about the like the, the type of support that we've gotten. It's been super positive mm-hmm. and we've been super blessed um, and so far su- like successful in what we've been doing. Um, so I've been kind of surprised at that, but we do put in the work, like we, we put in the hours to try to make that happen. Um, but I think, I guess I'm not surprised for people to, sh- uh, I don't know, I feel like I'm contradicting myself. I think, um, oh, I don't know how to, can we like edit this out? <laughs>
2: Okay, Inez, you got some cues for her. <laughs> We're
1: gonna have to ask our editor, Inez. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. We can pivot to another topic. It's Let's-
3: fine if you if you if you can't find the words, that just you know just show that you're passionate and you're thinking about it. That that's totally normal. I okay, think maybe okay, you- in a way we
0: go ahead. Could you ask the question one more time? Ask the question one more time to me.
1: Yeah, uh, I. Would- I'm wondering if there's anything that surprised you as you've um, gone out you know and made all these connections and collaborations
0: um i think i've been surprised with the willingness of other people wanting to collab um but i think there's a need you know what i mean i feel like if you if your heart is there and you're you're reaching out for for a good cause, I think people are, are down to the collaboration. Um, I think, um, I just think the time the times that we were in as well, especially pandemic and like, you know, the la- last, last, I mean, still now, like the whole, like, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, I just feel like now it's like, the time to really come together and like, show the community, like use running and sport in general as a vehicle for change. So 2020
3: was also what led us to this moment of like the pandemic reassessing friendships, partnerships, collaborations. Right. What was it like in Boston? Cause I know you were, you were in a name, you know, a lot of Boston groups were involved in like the protests. What was it like for you? What did you see? about the Boston protests that disappointed you, that surprised you, like how did you experience
0: it? Oh, um, I think one thing that kind of disappointed me, um, and I, I'm very passionate about women, especially black women, I I think Boston went, went hard, 100%, like super proud of my community and what they did and the money that they raised, like they did, like, the running community came really hard, but I always, I always, I also think that Black women are always um, forgotten, you know what I mean? I feel like there's, um, there's not as much of, um, you know, that, um, I don't know, I, I just think that there's not as much of a, I just feel like we're afterthought sometimes, um, and this is where I come in, right? This is where I, I do, I host events because for Black women, I, when I'm doing something, I'm very intentional. I try to think of women of color. You know what I mean? Like, you know, our space is very in- inclusive, but our, we always, always, always like have
2: women of color in our in our, in our minds? Do you think? Well, you became a USATF running coach. Do you think that that gives you no
0: oh, wow, you really did do your research. <laughs> I
2: think um, I think it's Im- I think it's very important that you did become one. Uh you keep saying you're now a leader. I think you've always been a leader, and I think this enhances your leadership. So do you have a specific audience that you want to coach?
0: Um obviously women, <laughs> for sure. Um, honestly, like we're working on and it's nothing official now we're working on because um, we are also a nonprofit and we want to like have like a Trailblazers Junior Edition. Mm. So we, we would love to partner up with like the inner, inner city youth to, to coach, you know, um, that would be like, a, a, that's definitely a goal of ours to
1: do that um does coaching and the process of becoming a coach give you a new perspective on running
0: yeah i mean it gives you like more of a, like a technical background you know type of thing um, um and you, I, I think you kind of you appreciate your body way more as well appreciate what do you mean? like you just appreciate like what your body could do like as Mm. far as like a uh i guess coaching perspective because like you see it's like a progress like you're you go from point a to point b back to point a to point b you know like it's just um that type of aspect you you just see you just see like someone's the growth you know what i mean and that's like that's such a beautiful thing
2: Can I, let let me just, I'm going to turn it back just a little bit. I know that you mentioned your grandmother was a huge motivation for you and that she had comorbidities. One thing that came out during the pandemic was the black and brown community had a higher rate of death because they also had comorbidities. And Mm -hmm. so I would just, you know, like examples are heart disease, high blood pressure, right? What is your perspective um, since you've learned a lot about weight loss and exercise and things like that? What is your perspective on that?
0: My perspective, um, I think, I mean, as far as my like my grandmother goes and like my aunts and uncles who they all suffered from high blood pressure, heart disease, all that stuff. I just, I honestly feel like minorities and immigrants just, they didn't, they came in they came to america to survive like my grandmother like when i think of my grandmother and like just um you know the like the black community a lot of us are trying to survive they don't have the means to or they don't have the time to and i'm gonna i don't want to get emotional (laughs) they don't like they don't have the resource like i'm super lucky right like they just they're just trying to survive like they didn't they didn't have the 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 privilege to to put their health first they 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 worked how many jobs all all they cared about was feeding their children you know what I mean and you know living paycheck to paycheck like it's it's hard like they just didn't I just feel like she didn't have a fair chance And when
3: you said earlier, you said that this is where, like, Black women are forgotten. Do you find that it also fits in this, which you just said right now, that, you know, a lot of the struggle is just, like, to feed the children and have a roof over your head and, like, access to... The things that we find in our neighborhoods like you know unless your neighborhood is about to be gentrified you're not gonna find access to like healthy food you'll find like you know the the fast food places right. that- and
0: even if you did find access to these healthy foods like are you able to afford them are you are they able like my family back in the day we couldn't afford whole foods you know what i mean like <laughs> that's that's that wouldn't be a, that wouldn't have been a thing at all you're right
2: you're right and it's a shame that in america the cheaper commodity happens to be the nutrition lists or you know okay. the items that are denser and bad you know ingredients beans uh but are processed right. cans, processed cheese and things that are processed and that's what people can okay. afford and buy and in like, bulk in
0: the- and like these communities, like when you go into these communities, it's like every other corner you see a liquor store, but you don't see like, you know, you don't see anything else. Like, you know what I mean? You're seeing, you know, so. And it's interesting
3: that I think also the pandemic has highlighted a lot of those um, disadvantages. Like, for example, like I'm like, I used to go to the supermarket, like, and be like, and you find like a bag of lettuce and the lettuce is cut. And i'm like oh my god people are that lazy you need to like buy a lettuce that's already cut but then as the pandemic happened and things are shutting down you start seeing the trucks that are delivering groceries to people right and i also always used to joke about that i was like are you that lazy you can't go to the store and like buy your own groceries but then again it goes back to to access in right. a lot of ways in our life that we haven't thought about so how did the pandemic impact you in a sense of like you being able to have your access to fitness? How were you able to provide a space for your women at a time where like left and right families are losing jobs, um, you know, losing loved ones, access to care for their children? What did you provide in the, in the running space for them when you couldn't be there like in person? Mm.
0: Oh, that's a good. Um, trying to think what do we provide? Not in person. Um, oh. I, I don't know, I guess we could have done a better job on that, you know, like.
3: Because I know, like, one of the things that I, I missed a lot about running in groups is that the the push, that the search that you get by running in a group, and I think a lot of us, you know, we missed that during the pandemic, right. um, but I think, you know, I know, were you guys able to like stay in touch in different ways? Right. Yeah. Maybe, like email, or even now that you're thinking about it, thinking like, oh,
0: how can we do this differently? Right. I know I know for me, I mean, when I was co-leading unnamed last year, um, one of the things that I did for the group, um, you know, we would have because we used to we meet every Tuesday's unnamed. Um, and when we couldn't meet anymore I, we would do zoom sessions so we would meet via zoom every Tuesdays to kind of keep that community going um, um, and I think that brought a lot of people joy joy you know people would be running during those zoom sessions as well like mm-hmm. while they were on zoom we would talk for hours it would be mid- midnight and some of us would still be on um, so that's one thing that i, I that I did I always I'm someone who will go above and beyond. Like that's something that I I do constantly. Like I would send cards to the group. You know what I mean? Like um, I would check in. I would do as much as one person could do. I guess.
3: <laughs> now I was gonna say during our like, pre um, interview, you mentioned that you want Trailblazers to also be a nonprofit. Why? yeah we are not profit yeah why,
0: why was that important um because we know that we want to serve our youth in some sort of way, and um it's easy to get funding that way for us to be able to do that, so like as like from a business perspective, it just makes sense.
2: I got a quick question <laughs> Berlin twenty twenty was on your horizon, but it got canceled. Are you still doing it? yeah.
0: I'm not running any virtual anything, so if it's in person <laughs> I'm not running a virtual race, and I, I commend everyone who does like I think that's such, like another level of badass, but um, um if it's a thing this year, I'll do it. If it's not, then I'll either push it out or figure it out.
1: well, Liz um. We're gonna to go to the hot mic section. So everything you've just said, you now can say it all again, but in two minutes, where you are uninterrupted, no questions, just you speak from your mind, the heart.
3: Who's got a timer today? It's always been Nathan.
1: Bring out your old school stopwatch. Let's let's do it. I got the stopwatch right here. Let me just fire it up. <laughs>
3: And, you know, Liz, it doesn't, it could be about anything. It doesn't have to be running. It could be, you know, whatever topic you want to, people remember, maybe look for trailblazers, maybe look for you to like, for for anything.
0: Okay. Go for it. All right. So, um, you know, I started trailblazers with my two other friends because of a need, right? A need to provide for our community, our women, a need to uplift and unite our women. And I think I I truly, one of my messages, I truly want women to always feel like they are loved and I want them to be able to also love themselves. Um, um, I think there's so much power in when you truly believe in yourself and when you truly like pour into yourself I think we all like especially women i feel like we love to pour into other people and other things but we forget about pouring back into ourselves um and i just want you all to know that um that's something that trailblazers take seriously we are an we are a new run crew but you know it's stemmed off of you know this movement called the bra run which we hosted for three years and it's my mission in life to serve uh, my our women and to really um, just create a safe space for women and especially keeping women of color in mind to show up authentically as themselves, to really give the middle finger to mainstream media, to show up and show out not only for your sisters but show up and show up for yourself um anything is possible with a shift in mind mindset and i'll leave it off like that
1: well that was beautifully said and well within our time at one
3: What? Wow. I always
2: I I always feel like our hot mic's like the Easter egg in your (laughs) action film. And you're like, oh, we gotta stay past the credits. He may get something.
0: I'm I'm sweating (laughs) over here.
3: (laughs) But before Nathan closes, like something has been nagging me about like you said before that you swam in the lake. (laughs) <laughs> at what time did you go swimming was there a lifeguard are you just there by yourself thinking i'm thinking are there fishes are in here like tell me about that how did you end up just going to the
0: lake okay so my the, when i did the sprint triathlon it was one of my friends who was also going through a uh, similar weight loss journey um, as me who asked me to do the sprint triathlon and she's done that sprint triathlon for many many years and I am not a strong swimmer. So this is why the Ironman is like really down on my list because it's like a two-mile swim in like the ocean. I could survive. That's I can't really swim. I could survive. That's what I always say. <laughs> and the lake, it was scary because you don't know what. It's like dark and gloomy in there. And you don't know like... Is it a seaweed touching you? Is it like a sea monster? Is it a fish? Oh my god, I don't know. Is it a mermaid? Like I swear I seen a mermaid one time. Like t- I'm telling you, like my mind would play tricks <laughs> on me. <laughs> but we would swim like um early in the morning, like before work, so like six, seven ish in the a.m. Um, and then like during the weekends as well. Like they, they did like they had swim clinics where they had like an expert, you know um. You know teaching you like techniques and stuff um so yeah it, it was uh it was scary to me because i'm not a strong swimmer and i needed a wetsuit fun fact i needed a wetsuit because prior to signing up for this um sprint triathlon i thought that i could float and i could swim but i guess losing a, a lot of weight has made me lose my ability to float so I just think, I think just, I think just, I think. <laughs> I could, I swear to God, I could no longer float. So I use a wetsuit, which it helps you with like the buoyancy. Um. So yeah.
3: <laughs> we need a section called like after hot mic, you know what I mean? <laughs> and
2: or like after the outtakes, hot- the outtakes. <laughs>
1: after hot mic. A- after Hot Lake.
2: Hot Hike. <laughs> <laughs> your when
1: mermaids take over.
0: <laughs> when in a lake. There's no <laughs> mermaids in a damn lake.
1: <laughs> when you're doing the Iron Man, just pretend you're the mermaid and you will be there.
0: <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> well, Liz, thank you so much for coming on today. It's uh, wonderful to have you and really excited to see you. Uh, all the stuff that you're going to do in the future. I'm sure um, everyone in Boston who has an itch to run but has never thought that they might do it will join you for the ride. And who knows, maybe you'll even take it to other cities, come down to New York, see what's going on here.
0: We we are, Bra Run's coming down to New York 2021.
1: So July
2: sometime. (laughs) Inez, you and I.
0: Inez, Jamie, I better see y'all there. I, I will. Help sure me see there. Y'all there.
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bedazzle. <laughs> I'm going to be bedazzling my uh, sports bra just to get ready for it, okay? We'll, we'll get Nathan's oh, wife yes, to show
3: up. I love it. You know, we'll get Nathan's wife to show up. <laughs>
1: He'll be
0: yes, there. 100%. <laughs> Perfect.
1: <laughs> so that's our post-post-hot mic section, and... I want to thank, again, Liz Rock for coming on, uh, my co-hosts, Nez and Jamie. And as we found out today, you're also the editor in addition to producer. So we're just going to add that one up there. Um, And thank you to the listener, of course, as always, for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time on the next episode of Let's Get Uncomfortable. Thanks for listening to Let's Get Uncomfortable. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review us on the App Store, and follow us on Spotify.